0: we go welcome to podcast from p-town
1: that was more uneventful than your moms (laughs) sorry you want me to retry that yeah do it with a little pizzazz okay welcome to podcast from p-town okay so we're gonna move along hey everybody welcome to the podcast from p-town hopefully you're having another good week out there uh memorial memorial day weekend weather was crappy It didn't stop the kids from going camping Didn't stop me from working on the deck All weekend long
0: But it's done
1: It still needs stained Mm -hmm. And my grinder gave up the ghost So we gotta get a new one of those Uh, That voice that you heard Is another um, Special guest that we've got on the show This special guest happens to have a very excellent Father and an okay mother And um, So We'll let you guess who that is And, um, yeah, so we're going to dig into the news a little bit from our news correspondent has made it like two weeks in a row now. Oh, first, before we do that, how many out there have gone and seen uh, Top Gun 2 or Maverick Top Gun or... Top Gun Maverick? They can't hear you raising your hand, dear. Me! It's a pretty good show. I suggest everybody goes out and watches it, and if you don't tell the difference between movies and real life. You might want to take a tissue with you. And uh, it's an actually, uh, it's it's a really good show. And we've got a helicopter flying over, um, over the house here, so you might hear that. Uh, it's giving me flashbacks, but we'll try to get through it. So, going into the news we can use from our correspondent, this one comes from... I think it's Canyon City, Colorado. It's C A N O N, but the first end has that little whoop de whoop above it, like a tilde or something. So maybe Canyon City, Colorado. What? No,
0: go ahead.
1: <laughs> okay. So, a report from the Bureau of Land Management says the Canyon City facility, where 145 wild horses died, is short staffed and in violation of more than a dozen federal policies says clearly, there's something wrong at Canyon City. It says clearly, clearly. it says the outback, the outbreak began on April 23rd when nine horses were found dead from a typically preventable equine flu, flu, and I'm glad you guys find this so hilarious. Did you drink your dinner tonight? <laughs>
0: <laughs> M- mommy
1: do we need me. to pause this so you can compose yourself? Just keep going. You sure? <sighs>
0: You'll Mom be able to handle find this. Wild horses dying. Yeah, do. If,
1: <laughs> if you find wild horses dying. Funny. Funny. How <laughs> long
0: enough. I don't. But say it again. Filu. <laughs> okay, I'm good.
1: You good? Uh-huh. Okay. Can I continue? Uh-huh. Okay. So, uh, since then, investigators found the facility was non-compliant on 13 policies, including required vaccinations for the animals in its care. And in its report, the BLM said the facility staff failed to provide vaccinations because of a lack of workers that, and the mustangs were unusually high-strung. Which I'm not sure how unusually high-strung could be, because most mustangs are. Extremely high-strung. They're almost like barrel racing horses. Uh, the report also noted that the facility was behind on trimming hooves every six months as required. So, uh, it looks like there is not going to be a dog food shortage this year. Or glue. Ow. <laughs> um, so, maybe the prices on that will drop from inflation Ow. Inflation. So, um, if anybody knows a spot for abused spouses you can reach out to podcasts from p town or p town podcast on instagram or p town podcast 74 at gmail.com be yeah next story we've got is entitled gender issues oh, no. and so well this is actually kind of a good one kind of i guess a teacher fired for declining to refer to a female student by male pronouns has received support from a number of individuals, including the Virginia Attorney General. So French teacher Peter Vlaming was fired by the West Point School Board in 2018 despite offering to accommodate his student by using a preferred name and avoiding pronouns entirely. The district superintendent required Vlaming to refer to the student by male pronouns or face termination. The Alliance Defending Freedom, which will be representing Vlaming, in front of the Virginia Supreme Court, wrote in the opening brief that he could not speak religious messages that he does not believe to be true or lie to his students by affirming that a person's sex is determined by their beliefs rather than biology. Virginia Attorney General Jason Myers submitted a brief last week arguing that Vlaming's termination was a violation of Virginia Constitution and Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Forcing students or teachers to use pronouns that do not correspond with an individual's biological sex is a clear violation of not only Virginia state law, but also the First Amendment. The government cannot compel speech and require any citizen to affirm a belief they do not hold. So, there's only one of us in this room that is still in school for one more week, by the way.
0: No, three days.
1: Well... Yeah, technically...
0: Anywho...
1: Anyhow, have you ever had anybody in your class want to be referred by a pronoun that is not their, uh... Their, uh... Biological sex?
0: Well, there was this one day we played, uh, Kahoot. It's basically this quiz game. Probably out of Scootables. Sorry. We were playing Kahoot one day. It's basically like this quiz game. And this one girl, biologically, she is a female, um... She won and stuff. And so one of my buddies was like, that's not fair. She's cheating. And in a really gruff and deep voice, she turned to my buddy and was like, it's he. And was very adamant that she is not a female and believes that she's a man. Which is wrong because biologically, you're female. So, And then there's been multiple times or multiple other occasions where people do that too. And it just...
1: Even here in small-town America.
0: Pathetic. Pathetic. say
1: the least. Okay. So, this one here isn't so great. Canada has introduced a new gun law. It says, One Canadian killed by gun violence is one too many. That's why in 2020 we banned 1,500 types of military-style assault firearms. And that's why today we've introduced legislation to further strengthen gun control in Canada. This was quoted from Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau via Twitter. Uh, Bill C-21 will prevent people from buying, selling, and transferring handguns within the country. Uh, These measures will allow firearms licenses to be confiscated from those involved in a domestic or criminal harassment cases, which I can kind of see that. Uh, Red Flag Law would allow courts to order individuals to surrender their weapons if they are a danger to themselves or others. In cases of domestic violence or self-harm, the country will invest $6.6 million to raise awareness for the law. In Canada, gun ownership is a privilege, not a right. Uh, This is a principle that differentiates ourselves from many other countries in the world, notably our colleagues and friends to the South. In Canada, guns are only intended to be used for hunting and sport purposes. And I think that's pretty much what they're intended to be used for anywhere, except for when wackos get a hold of the guns. Then they're intended for uh, foul play.
0: Homicide.
1: So, with that being said, one interesting discussion point that uh, I was discussing with my cousin this weekend is when they take away people's guns, the number of gun deaths go down, but the number of crimes goes up. Because people don't, people are more willing to break into houses and stuff because they know there isn't going to be somebody on the other side of the door with a gun to shoot them. So gun deaths may go down, but your crime rate uh, rises. Mm-hmm. Maybe not violent crime. And again, like when they uh, the guy goes on a drunk driving rampage and kills ten people on the highway or so, they. Um, don't ban cars. But they do make, uh, drunk driving illegal, and they also make drugs illegal. So it's a good thing that we don't have a drug problem or a drunk driving problem in the United States, because those are illegal. Right? Exactly. Yep. I mean, don't get me wrong, I what happened down in Texas, and it's happened a few times over the...
0: A few? Two, over 200.
1: Yeah, over the past couple decades, is horrible, but... It's just been conglomerated over the last couple of decades. Back when we were in school, you could go into the parking lot, mm-hmm. and half the kids in the school would have a hunting rifle or something in their gun rack. And nobody ever thought to, that you would use it to kill up a bunch of kids or another yeah. kids in the school. And I don't know, but I've heard rumors that there were even bullies back in those days. I've heard that before.
0: Mm-hmm. I think bullying back then was more prominent. It probably was actually. (laughs) Nowadays, I mean, you say anything mildly offensive, and every single snowflake just gets offended, like it's the end of the world.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Imagine how many school shootings, or like the number of school shootings, would go down if we had armed security guards
1: instead of guys
0: with just with their own pair of eyes and nothing to defend anyone with.
1: Even, I mean. I mean, I'm all for armed security guards, but even give the security guards, like, bear spray or OC OC spray or tasers or something like that so they can do something, not just turn a blind eye to what's going on or whatever.
0: Maybe make it legal for staff and faculty to carry in the classroom. Yeah. If they feel confident and comfortable and and pass a test. And
1: they've been, yeah, they've been... Trained and yes. they can are prove
0: that they can use the weapon efficiently while keeping the safety of the kids in mind.
1: Yeah, if they can go do two to the chest and one to the head efficiently. Or they're, the head. yeah, they're uh, they're on the team. So anyhow, uh, like I say, these things uh, they didn't happen. Back in the good old days. You know, the first school shooting was like in 1999, I think, with Columbine.
0: Columbine, huh? yeah.
1: And guns have been around for a lot longer than that. So what has changed over the years to where now it, I mean, almost every week, if you really pay attention to the headlines, there's a shooting somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so it's not guns that's the problem. It's a society that's the problem.
0: When Cain killed Abel with a rock, God didn't ban rocks. He was mad at Cain. Right. There's no point to be mad at an inanimate
1: object. You know what Adam and Eve did when Abel was killed? Hmm. They raised Cain.
0: <sighs>
1: Moving right along.
0: Moving right along.
1: Uh, if, do you remember that show Trapper John M.D.? Yeah. That guy died. Yeah,
0: Ray Liotta.
1: No. Um. Ray Liotta also died.
0: Hmm.
1: And Ray Liotta was a good fella. You don't get it, do you? No. Good Goodfella was Goodfellas was one of the shows that he was most known for playing yeah. in. Oh, I didn't know. So I said Rayleigh Oda is a good fella. Yeah.
0: I, I get it. <laughs> good
1: one. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good, wasn't it, Josh? Yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now we're uh moving into what we're here to talk about. And this one in the song is called Richard Nixon Back Again. Uh because it's the second time we're going to bring up Richard Nixon in this podcast And just uh, a little inside hint There's going to be a third time that Richard Nixon comes up in this podcast But this one uh, Is this podcast
0: or the song? Something.
1: This podcast is about the song Okay So it comes up three times in the song and it also comes up three times on the podcast
0: I thought you meant tonight <laughs> <sighs> Never Just that Just would be sh- an episode.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, like I say, uh, since we've already covered, like, in the first time uh, I kind of covered Richard Nixon's uh, biography, his life and whatnot. So this episode we're going to mainly focus on the 1968 uh, presidential campaign or election. And so it could be a short episode, or it could be kind of long, depending on what, uh, how far we get into this. So at the time of the election, Hubert Humphrey was the incumbent, and he was currently the vice president, and he was now wanting to hit, take his seat in the captain's chair. But there was also a wild card in the race by the name of George Wallace, who was from Alabama, and then, of course, there was good old Tricky Dick running. Roll Tide You don't want to roll Tide for this George Wallace oh. guy
0: Alabama
1: Yeah, I know, Alabama's good, but you don't want to roll Tide for George Wallace oh. So, Lyndon Johnson was originally running, but he withdrew from uh, He withdrew pretty early on from the race So, Humphrey, he ended up beating out the other Democrats to get his party's nomination uh, Nixon, he had some pretty tough people that he was going against He ended up beating out Nelson Rockefeller And Ronald Reagan, who was the president of Cal or the governor of California at the time, to end up getting the Republican nomination. And George Wallace, he didn't have anyone to beat, and he was running on his whole race or his whole uh, campaign was running on the basis of racial segregation. That's mainly why he was running. That's why I said you don't want to. How's
0: real time now? (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. So there's a lot going on at the time, obviously. Uh, Lyndon Johnson had been pretty popular when he first took over, but the continuing Vietnam Vietnam War was causing his numbers to drop. Uh, And that could have been one reason why he dropped out early, because his numbers were dropping so quickly. And his health was also failing, and he didn't know that he could fulfill another term. We've got somebody like that now who don't know if they could fulfill another term. A term. One. Yeah, one. Um, Also, around the same time, uh, Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy had both gotten assassinated. And then there was all the civil rights stuff that was going on. So there was plenty of things for all of them to campaign about. And, again, I'm not sure what Wallace was thinking. because I don't know how he thought he even stood a chance with all the civil rights stuff going on. And he's running on a campaign of racial segregation. I mean, he probably got... A pretty fair number of votes in the South But But so Nixon He'd run for president in 1960 But he ended up losing to JFK And Of course JFK ended up getting assassinated A few years later So Begs the question Did Nixon really lose That One Why are you looking at me like that? Nothing Um then in 1962, he ran for governor of California, but he ended up losing that race as well. Um, and I wonder if he kind of had a master plan in mind, because before the primaries, he'd worked quite a bit helping the Republicans in Congress and getting support from governors all over the country. And he ended up leading the Republican Party all the way through the primaries. His only real competitor was Ronald Reagan, who was, like I said, he was the governor of California at the time, but he ended up beating him. Uh, also, but even winning uh, all the way through the uh, through the race and stuff, Nixon narrowly got the nomination for a Republican spot at the national convention in 1968. Um, and I don't know. I'm not sure if it's kind of like the Electoral College where you have to have a certain number of votes. I think to become president, you have to have isn't it like 270 Electoral College votes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To get the presidential thing. Um. So Nixon They kind of had that type of deal too And there were still quite a few people That wanted Reagan over Nixon But Nixon did end up uh, Beating him out He chose Spiro Agnew to be his running mate And Agnew, he was pretty Unknown at the time, he was the governor of Maryland But Nixon thought bringing him In on the race would help unite The northern and southern votes uh, But he wasn't Nixon's first choice robert finch was who nixon had originally wanted but he declined the offer uh and there were a number of vice presidential candidates that they had brought up some included uh george bush senior mark hatfield who was a senator from um oregon, oregon. ronald reagan uh, he was actually considered and then there were quite a few others and i'm not sure how the <clears throat> vice president is picked as the running mate. I don't know if it's uh the guy that uh, the the guy that, that gets the nomination from the party, he's nominated, he's appointed by the party. But then I'm not sure if he picks the running mate, um or if they uh get nominated as well. I thought they were picked. I don't know. But it kind of makes you wonder how mm. what Kamala Harris did to get Biden to choose her. Maybe the old guy has a little fire left in him, huh? So, uh, if you look at the... is a little fun fact to know and share. If you're looking at the list of people that were running that year, there were two brothers running against each other. There was Nelson Rockefeller. Wow, the L's are hard tonight. And Winthrop Rockefeller. If I was Chinese, I wouldn't need the L's. I could call him Rockefeller. (laughs) Um, but anyhow, since this is, uh, Richard Nixon back again, I'm not going to go into all the democratic stuff. We're just going to try to talk about him. So once they had gotten their primary, uh, party nominations, it was time for the real campaigning. Uh, Nixon was starting his campaign stating to return law and order. It seems like those days were much like today. There were a lot of riots going on and it was making, uh, a lot of the voters angry. So Nixon, he was wanting to restore the law. And he was also promoting civil rights, which I think was an excellent move that our nation as a whole needed to make. Uh, As the running went on, Humphrey was losing by almost double digits. Um, And at this point, they were just wanting to finish above Wallace in the polls. That's how far down they were. So it's kind of like they were fighting over second and third place. Um, So Humphrey, he began attacking Wallace as a bigot, which it kind of seems like he was. And this started to raise him in the polls, and it looked as though he was starting to make a comeback. And so when this, they started noticing this, and this is when the Democrats kind of started to make their final push. And this is known in the political world as the October surprise. You ever hear that phrase before? No. Really? Hmm. That was, I thought you were going to say, oh yeah, I've heard of that. I've had many discussions on it. No. Huh.
0: I bet your cousin doesn't know either.
1: What do you mean, my cousin? One of them. Well, one.
0: She asks me questions after she listens to the podcast and says, I didn't know that either. Don't feel bad. So she, thank you, cousin.
1: Did she text you, text you privately? Keep going. Can I, I need to look at your phone and see what types of messages <laughs> you're getting from the listeners. Because there ain't nobody sent me crap.
0: You made fun of me for not knowing something on two episodes ago, and she didn't know it either, so... Hmm.
1: Yeah. I bet she's blonde, isn't she?
0: I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) How do you not know?
1: Well, your nephew sent me a message, so there. I know. So, uh, the October surprise, this seems to be a, a tactic in politics to get votes, and basically... The campaigners that are running from either side of the aisle, the Republican or Democrat, they hold – they tend to hold back one particular thing or one particular stance until October. Uh, Then they come out with it to sway the voters, uh, tend up backing them right when they – right when it kind of – is going to be fresh in their mind when they head to the polls. So they release this information about the other candidate or something big. They release that information in October so that when the voters go to the polls in November, in the 1st of November, that it's fresh in their mind. And they, you know, they'll kind of sway some of the people that are on the fence or or whatnot. But uh, so their little surprise was that Humphrey was working with President Johnson And they were going to announce a possible bombing halt in Vietnam And a possible peace deal And this kind of gave them the boost that they were needing And it was showing the race was basically a dead heat at this point So they were all tied coming into the home straight Uh, Nixon's campaign, they'd expected this And he told his people to put a monkey wrench into the peace treaty Which, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that Um Wars have been going on since the beginning of man, and many wars are actually kind of good. But the Vietnam War, um, I think they probably could have uh, ended that a long time before it was. Um, the America, a lot of people don't think America even need to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like World War Two, we held out for a long time, and then we came in. And as people in Great Britain know that we're 2-0 and o in world wars up to this point. So, uh, anyhow, uh, hold on just a second. I lost my place. Oh yeah. So sometimes though, I think we could set out some wars. It's kind of like, uh, one of the lines that we used in one of the greatest movies of all time called Rustler's Rhapsody. When he goes to get the sheep herders to help him and they say, let the old man who starts the wars fight the wars. That's kind of, I guess what we could do. But anyhow, back on track. Uh, Nixon, he uh, what he did was he sent in a person to the people uh, in the pre- in the peace treaty, negotiating uh, a better deal with Nixon than what they would get by signing the treaty now. So he, if they voted him in, he was going to get a better uh, offer to him than what they would get if they had signed the treaty before the elections. Before the election. And this actually came out as being known as the Anna affair. Uh, I guess it was kind of a big thing. I didn't know that much about it. I read a little bit about it because when I don't know something, I tend to research it a little bit and figure it out. so That's that I, So That's I sound sure. a little more, you know, prestigious on the podcast. Oh, very good. Yeah. Uh, so to combat the uh, combat that Nixon had brought, Johnson ended up having the NSA start to track communications that were going on and he relayed the information to Humphrey, but Humphrey didn't make it public, uh, which he would later regret. Basically, the whole the whole Anishinolta affair thing kind of came out as being a bad deal. And so Johnson called in the NSA to intercept messages and stuff. And then he was relaying that information to Humphrey because Humphrey could have came out with the information. And it would have made Nixon look bad to be involved in this whole backdoor negotiation stuff. Um... And if you look at that, it kind of seems like history repeats itself because uh, this kind of same thing kind of happened in 2016 where Obama was having Trump's phones tapped in Trump Plaza to help out Clinton. Um, and another little – I get a lot of tangents going on. I think I got ADHD <laughs> or something. Yeah. But I think Tommy Smothers said it best when he
0: – From the Smothers Brothers? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He did a little bit of research as well, and he found out the how politics came about. It comes from two Greek words, Poly, which means many, mm-hmm. and ticks, which means blood-sucking insects.
0: Mm-hmm. So there are many blood-sucking insects in politics.
1: Ah, see, huh?
0: Thank you, Tommy Smothers.
1: Yep. If you don't, if you like hot dogs or politics, don't look. It goes into either one of them.
0: True.
1: So. Uh, this now we're up to election time. After that little tangent, and the race was extremely close, and it wasn't until the following morning when they were able to announce Nixon was the victor. Uh, you want another tangent?
0: <laughs> sure.
1: Okay. So the next morning they announced Nixon was the victor of the whole thing, right? Because Humphrey didn't have like two hundred thousand some odd votes come in at two o'clock in the morning or however many. Cuz I remember in the 2016 presidential election when I was watching it and I went to bed, Trump was in the lead. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to figure out how Biden was going to end up beating him. And then all of a sudden throughout the night all these other votes started coming in. Not
0: 2016. Not 2016 election. 2020. Or 2020
1: election. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for thanks for keeping yeah, me on it's track weird there.
0: How uh, thousands of dead people in Michigan just magically voted.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, everybody waits till like two a.m. on the morning of the election to pa- cast their ballots. Their, yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to go in there early and get them. They wait till the last minute when the bars close, and then they drop their ballot off on their way home. Right. With their mistress. Don't look at me that way. You know, in France, it's normal for a guy to have a mistress.
0: Well. Good job, France. Well, if one
1: woman makes you happy, imagine five. I'd shoot myself in the face. (laughs) But Nixon did win the election, um, and people saw it as kind of a realigning of the government of the time. Out of the previous nine elections, Democrats had won seven of them. And then looking forward from 1968 to 2004, Republicans won seven out of those ten elections. So it's kind of flip-flopped in American politics. And I kind of just, it seems like that's the way it rolls throughout the years. It just ups and downs and ups and downs. And a funny thing, too, back then, the Democrats were kind of more for the people than the Mm -hmm. Republicans were. And now that's kind of flip flopped as well, where it seems like the Republicans are kind of more for the people than the Democrats are.
0: I'd almost say that I don't think any of them are for us people.
1: Well, that's a good point, too, (laughs) which. I mean, I'm registered one certain way, but I'm not going to vote that party line. There's some people that they will not vote for a Republican. They just flat will not, re- or some people just will not flat vote for a Democrat. Irregardless of anything else, they just won't vote for him. And that seems kind of ignorant. In- ignorant. Ignorant? Ignorant. Thank you. Um, and that's pretty much it. On the presidential election, but seeing how I've had so many tangents in this one, I'm going to give you another one, uh, and this kind of actually hits home for us here at our—not uh, at our house, but in our place of residence, where voting is important. Because in our recent voting here, we just had our mid-primary, primary, or something like that they came out and said that less than half of the voters showed up. So less than half of the people that are in our area showed up to vote. But then all these people want to sit on Facebook and bitch about the way things are today. So I say if you don't vote, you don't get a voice. And you're not old enough to vote, son. So
0: So technically I shouldn't get taxed because that's taxed well, yeah, without representation.
1: Hey, that's a good point. I never exactly. thought about that.
0: And that's where all the trouble started happening back
1: way back when, yeah. But, we're not too happy. uh, like I say, and with Memorial Day having just been over, you know, there were people that gave their lives for you to go out and have the ability to vote and cast your ballot. Even, I mean, we live in a pretty remote area, so it's really not like our vote counts all that much, but we still go out and cast our ballots all the time, mm-hmm. and there's Like I say, there's people that gave their lives for you to have that right, and you shouldn't take that right for granted, and you shouldn't go out and bitch about things on Facebook and whatnot if you aren't going to go and uh, do your, I think it's almost a duty, and uh, that would be voting. So, what? Anyhow, um, this might be the last time uh, we have our special guest on. She's uh, really she's picking on me today, pretty rough. And uh, this
0: is where the new special guest comes
1: in. Yeah, maybe we'll have he the makes n- his appearance. Yeah, we have the new special <laughs> guest come in and make his uh, debut. triumphant debut. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh.
1: We could have another special guest on here, but he doesn't get home in time, and so he
0: doesn't love
1: us. Yeah. So anyhow, um, I that's. There we're going to be questions. You want a question? Yeah. No, we don't. Hold on. Let me think of one. (laughs) Who killed when Robert Kennedy was assassinated? Who killed him?
0: Robert Kennedy.
1: Not JFK, but Robert Kennedy.
0: I don't know. He was shot in his home, wasn't he?
1: Nope. He was shot in the kitchen of a hotel.
0: Well, wasn't all of the Kennedys assassinated? No. Except for... Um, uh, Edward Kennedy uh, wasn't.
1: But... He may have actually drowned somebody. He Robert? Someone? Yeah. Oh. They say that you should, if you want to die, go boating with Edward Kennedy. Mm. Robert Kennedy was killed by Sirhan Sirhan, who's uh, actually that? who's actually still in prison to this day, I believe. And they look at him as possibly being a Manchurian candidate, like of MK Ultra, mm-hmm. where he was under a because that was in the days when the CIA was doing the MK Ultra testing. And they think that he saw a gal in a blossom dress that caused his mind to flip, um, because to this day he says that he doesn't remember killing Robert Kennedy. Hmm. Pretty interesting. interesting. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Another person that was uh, possibly in the MK Ultra program is
0: Whitney Houston.
1: No. (laughs) You know how Whitney Houston found out that Bobby Brown was cheating on her? Hmm. Is this appropriate? She found another woman's lipstick on his knuckles. Ooh. <laughs> Anywho, but uh, that's not good. Uh, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. You know, yeah. They think know. that he he may have been um, part of one of the people that was uh, got trained or whatever in MK Ultra.
0: Was him, his his acts the product of him being in MK Ultra, or did he just fly off the walls?
1: I don't know. I haven't researched it that much yet, but maybe I'll research it a little bit more and get back to you.
0: Huh.
1: So, anyhow, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Sorry for all the uh, sideline uh, tangents. I had quite a few of them in this one. Next week, uh, I'll be a little bit more on track. Hopefully, I doubt it. But uh, as I, you know, what I'm not even going to say it this time because nobody sends messages anyhow. But what I will say is go out there and give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and you can put in there how much uh, you like our special guests that I have coming on or um, how much more research our special guests should do for when I ask them pop quiz questions. And uh, that's it for this one. We will see you guys on uh, next week. So... Make sure you say your goodbye because you get cranky if you don't get it in there. (laughs)
0: Goodbye. See ya.
1: (laughs) Okay. Thank you.